Welcome to Inside the Firm, a podcast dedicated to small business owners and hosted by entrepreneurs, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Each week, they take you on their journey of how to start, run, and grow a business by bringing you inside their architecture and real estate development firm. Get a behind-the-scenes tour of how these business leaders manage their clients and foster company culture while creating new and innovative projects. And now your hosts, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Lance Psycho, we are back again inside the firm. Two in a row, Al. Two in a row, Al. Whoa, coming at your fast. I got a quick question for you. Okay, I have an answer. Are you the BIM jockey for your firm? No. You're not. You're actually not. <laughs> not. One of our employees, though, he's stepping up. He's going to be the BIM jockey. His name is Alex. His name is Alex. Yep. That's why I confused you. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Most so, people do. Yeah. Are you are you used to the grind of using broad search engines or searching manufacturer sites only to find that they don't have BIM? Yes. Well, let me tell you. Are you yes, re- I, I, another one for you? Are you wrestling with outdated or poorly built objects? Yeah, that's terrible. Sometimes the students are. Oh, God, it's Sometimes our students are. No, yeah. it happens yeah. all the time. Well, let me We're tell you, I have a solution it. for you. It's time to use ArcCat.com. ArcCat is the number one most used website for finding building product information and has a free, you heard that, free F-R-E-E library of over 7,500 BIM objects and systems, all available in multiple formats. Even better, each object is high-quality BIM-based on actual manufacturer products or handy generic items. You don't even have to be re- you have to register to access Arcat's BIM library, Al. Yeah. Just head over to arcat.com. That's A R C A T.com and start building better content today. Thank you. That yeah. was great. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Everybody should head there. Seriously, Arcat's the best. Yep. Cool, cool. Um, I want to get started because something just happened. I- I've had two uh, people who are starting businesses, actually three people that I mean, you could call mentees, but they've just asked me for advice. Yep. And I've seen a pattern. So I want to go over uh, some critical things because not only do I feel like maybe I've warned them about this. This is interesting, this pattern. Keep going. I'm, I'm, I'm seriously engaged here. Yeah. Um, Edge of my seat. But, but this pattern is consistent. Like almost all, two out of the three have like done these things. And I'm like, oh, don't do it. And I feel like we'll say this advice. And people won't listen to it, so I want to get into the nuance of it, like what we actually mean by it, not just like the headline advice, right? So the first, it, it, let's say you're starting out young, right? Because this is where you'll make this mistake. What kind of work to go after? Go after, like get work and have a client before you jump shift. Yeah. Because then you'll know if you can get a client and what you can get a client for, Okay. right? Mm-hmm. If you're older, Hopefully you know what you can do and what you can't do and what's expected. And then it's just your ability to get a client. We've had people, I've had people who um, don't even know the realm of like what clients are actually looking for. Like they'll describe what they're searching for. I'm like, no one's looking for that service. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, well, it's kind of like starting a product, right? We, we've went through this because we work with people to help design products is have you searched to see if there's a, something out there already like this? Yep. Is there, are they doing it better? Can you do it better? Yep. So then, so that's one, step one. Step two, don't do physical work without a contract, right? Now that seems easy. It feels like I should move on from that point. Um, but. But, but I've had one person do it and got two people do it and get screwed, right? Then I've had another person do it, but then I feel like they did it the wrong way. What do you mean? People that you've mentored? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, so have a contract 
they didn't have a contract, so now they had a contract, and now they're trying to get work, and they feel like their contract is scaring people away. They're like, whoa, whoa, whoa! Like it's it's small town, right? It's it's. Um, they're like, what are you doing with all this? And they had it written up by a lawyer. I am not a lawyer, so none of this is legal advice. Disclaimer: This, <laughs> this is all just Al advice. Yep. I feel like their contract is probably four to ten pages too long of a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, I, I was talking to you, this one client just for small tennis finish wanted me to sign like a 20 page document and we're kind of already in the middle of work. I'm like, I'm not doing that. Like it, it was, a, do you remember what the clock, like there's, there was some term to, to this contract. It wasn't subcontractor it w- agreement, subcontractor agreement. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. So I sent them a contract and we signed it in our normal contract. Now they wanted a, a big subcontractor agreement. And the only way I've signed those is like, oh, we're spending literally hundreds of thousands of dollars with my firm. You're paying me hundreds of thousands of dollars. Okay, now I can get into the nuance of all that and and, and see what's going on and understand it. So here's what I'm getting to. If you're just starting out, uh, uh, subs have given you these contracts where it says, I am this sub. Your name is Lance Eichel or whatever F12. Whatever my name is today. Yep, yep. Or whatever firm you're working (laughs) under. I will do this. List it all yeah. for this price. Here's the time frame. Send me a deposit of X. 10%. That's all it has to be. That's all it has to be, people. Because then at least you are understanding there's no boilerplate. There's nothing like that. Obviously, you can do what we did. You can go back and listen and, and how we got examples and we Frankenstein something together. Frankenstein something together, streamlined it. At the end of the day, we have a page that is... It's called The Fine Print. I've talked about it before. You can go back and look at the episodes yep. uh, and listen to them. And, and it's a, it's a one page, The Fine Print page. Yep. Takes care of it. Done. And then we made it user-friendly. We broke it down by phase. But what I'm getting is that this advice, this you might not even know that this is beyond your capability because you don't know what user-friendly is if you're just starting out, meaning, man, you might be raw. So that's why I'm saying don't do it without a contract. And if you have one that you think is good and clean and clear, that's fine. But if you don't, don't do one without a very, very simple contract. It, it doesn't have to scare anyone away. It can be very... Well, he, here's the thing about contracts, right? <clears throat> it's, a, it's a binding agreement that you will execute the work you said you're going to do. So if you state the exact... So just to reiterate, if you're going to if you state the work you're going to do, when, when hopefully you're going to start, when you're going to finish, you could do that if you wanted to. Um, you, you, but you could just boil it down to like, here's, here's, here's me, here's you, here's what I'm going to do for you. Here's how much you owe me and here's how payment's going to work. And as long as you do the work yep, and you do it well, you should be good. Well, all the legal stuff on top of it is, is once you get, I, I just think that's another layer. Like you don't need to go there right away. You yep. can start small. Well, that's a segue. K- K-I-S-S, right? Keep it simple, stupid. Yep. Into, into my next point. You said, do the work and do it well. So execution. Now all you have to worry about is execution. Because a lot of people might think like, okay, I need to get another client, which is true. Me and you always had multiple clients. But guess what? If you execute and do it well, not only will you get a referral, which will help you, but then they might be a repeat customer. So then like, then simplify and say, okay, I already got the project. All I need to do is realize what is a job well done and then accept feedback. Now, 
it's harder when you're young because contractors can string you along and, and say, I do it this way or you need to do it that way. And you could be twiddling your thumbs and you're going to go through that. It's easier when it's older. There was entre, did I tell you about this entree architect community? This one person asked like, Hey, um, I, I've been doing this for 27 years, submitted a DD set that was like 90% DD. And a contractor said it was only 20% DD. What should I do? And there was, there was 50 comments and comments asking questions, uh, like what, you know, uh, did you do this, this, and this was some people don't know. And just explaining, I'd be like, you've been doing this for 27 years. Trust your gut. You're good. <laughs> You're like, you, you gotta be kidding I, I, me. I, I, I you gotta be kidding uh, me. I'd be uh, like contractor. I'd say, I'd say you might have a different opinion of this and that's fine. But this set has this, 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 this involved. That is 90% DD. Like, what? What? At the end of the day, I, I truly think it's subjective to to what is design development. What what is it a ninety percent design development set? What is a ninety percent SD set? We think that we do um, just the right amount of drawings, and yet we had a consultant, a former consultant, tell us, "No, you guys are putting too much detail on." And now I'm out in the field, literally building a multi-million dollar project. That and you drew, and you're like, I that wish I, drew, I had. Yeah, I wish I had more details. Do and you yell at yourself? I yell at myself, I yell on the podcast, and I talk to, and you missed an awesome meeting because um, you left early last Friday on the job site. I took everybody up. Uh, everybody Where was, did I go? What was I doing? You got a baby. You got baby. two of them. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. what you're doing. Al dad stuff. Yep. Uh, so uh, we went up, we went up and down two different units on the job site after everybody left. It was just F9 crew. Yep. And, uh, I showed them like all of the stuff that I've learned. It was phenomenal. It was like, here's, and especially with the siding, like guys, guys and gals, um, take, you know, here's why we did the siding this way compared to this way. And then on the drawings, we got caught with our pants down because we didn't have this on there. So yep. now let's do this from now on. It was so, and then I even then I took Alex Crash because he wasn't there because he was out on vacation. We had a we, he and I had a one on one, and we, I did the same thing. Um, so I'm telling you, it's subjective, and, and and it is subjective. And this is what I'm getting back to is that if you're younger, it's going to be harder. But you have to, you maybe just have to trust but verify. So trust what the contractor is doing, or or whoever you're working for, do it their way. And then as you gain more experience, you'll realize which way is maybe correct. Oh, absolutely. Correct. And you can sure you can absolutely learn from contractors, right? About about how they want stuff dimensioned. Some some of them want dimension in a certain way, some of them don't. We we've talked to one of our favorites, Brian Tinker, Tinker Homes. Yep. He's given us tips. Yep. So of course you're gonna you're gonna do it that way. But so, so trust but verify actually means let's say Lance, you are uh, the contractor or employing me, I'm the new one on the job. And maybe it's a homeowner and maybe they have their structural engineer, the contractor. You say something to me, I don't know. I'm going to draw it up that way. Verify means, hey, get another, get a mentor, get another contractor, ask what they think, you know, and then maybe know, oh, there might be two different ways to, to do this. Right. And then on the next project, I'll get to, you know, choose which way I want to do it. Um, so that those are the three things. So sum up like get a project first and make sure it's within something that you can do. We started off doing houses. You build houses. I've built stuff. That's what we did. Well, okay. and, and, but, and you, you even, you know, designed them. I mean, you really liked in, in high school and, uh, uh, college yeah. residential. So just like hand to glove. It made sense, right? Yep. Drawing them since sixth grade. Yeah. I mean, well, your, your thesis was on housing too, right? Yep. So you were doing them. Yep. Uh, I have one more to add. Okay. Well, 
get a contract. It can be simple and then focus on execution. Then what are you going to say? So my, well, the one thing I have to add is it actually goes all the way back to be, it's even before. So I would say like, <clears throat> I would, I would add to the beginning of this, Alex started with get work or have a client before you take the leap, right? You need to have something, some kind of foot in the ground on the ground. Um, it's people who overcomplicate starting a business from oh. a legal standpoint, from a legal standpoint. Yes. And I mean, what I mean is, okay, where do you, so some people just Google how to start a business. And I'm here to tell you, you don't do that because you know what you're going to know what's going to come up. The first, the first page is going to be full of sponsored ads from other businesses who want to set up your business for you. And they're going to charge you a fee for it. You don't need to do it. Al just set up uh, our HOA, and what? And because we've done this before, and and since I've been, I, I did this as a subcontractor way back in the day when I was to have my own little businesses for construction and stuff. Was you go to the Secretary of State? So go to your Secretary of State website, and they walk you through the whole process, and you will save your. You will so not only when you know the intricacies of how to start up, how how to do that of of. Um, Oh, should it, should it be an LLC, an S corp, a C corp? At that point, you should be talking to like an accountant, something like that. Uh, I can tell you right off the bat, though, if it's just going to be you, a sole proprietor, just you can just start with an LLC. Yep. If you're going to have business partners like me and Al, and where we take dividends at the end of the day on top of our salary because there's profit, right? Then you can do an S corp or a C corp, and you can you can actually switch back between the two. Uh, our accountant has told us this before. Like you could, you could morph them depending on how the first couple of years of business. Like there's a flexibility to it, mm-hmm. but don't just Google it and go to some third party and have them do it yep. for you. It's very easy. You're gonna have to file a trademark name. So you're gonna have to say so. If you're Joe Blow Construction, great. File a trademark name. Second thing, bam. Go to your secretary and same same place. Secretary of State, LLC, S Corp, uh, C Corp, whatever you're gonna do. Third thing. Third thing. Remember, federal EIN number. Yes. So Google, just put in federal EIN number. It'll take you to that. And then fourth thing, set up a bank account. No, no. So yeah, here's what you Google. Here's where you could Google. Apply for federal EIN number. And make sure it's a .gov website that you go to, not .biz, right? So there's no third party. And and that's free. You already paid your taxes to do that. Yes. The EIN. So Lance and I... Then you go to a bank account. Are thinking about in a couple months after the development, also putting together a course that doesn't just ramble on these quickly, but puts it together very logically and then has, you know, worksheet tasks with actual links and actual step by step. If you think that that is a decent idea, you you really need to email me and let me know or else we might say like, oh, no one cares. No one likes it. And, and it's not just what we just talked about. It's about all the other things that I've been talking about with my uh, mentees, all the things Lance has been talking about, about how to, what to put on your website, how, how, how to do that, um, what's critical, um, how, how to deal with these certain situations. So email me at akg at f9productions.com. Email me at akg at f9productions.com and say, hey, that course seems like a great idea. That, that's, or, you know what? If you think it's a terrible idea, you can also email me and say that's a terrible idea. Yeah. Uh, but or, if I, or if there's something we didn't talk about as, as, it, as it pertains to starting a business from scratch, let us know. Yep. Um, but if there's one thing, if, if, you ha- if every time Lance has asked you to give us a five-star review and you haven't listened, if every time we've said go check out this pe- person you haven't done it, that's totally fine. This is the one thing you should let us know about. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Or else we just might be like, ah, oh, that's fine. We'll just keep doing what we're doing. Yeah. So we, yeah. we really yeah. need feedback. Here to help. On Here to help. Um, 
Okay. That was a lot. That was a lot. You were on it. <laughs> but I like it because it was timely. Seriously, I had had this discussion earlier um, in some chats with some other people. And one person was complaining like, $1,000 to start a business in Minnesota. And I go, what? Mm-hmm. There's no way. You're under 100 bucks, Maybe 200 But sec- like the fees just for establishing yourself legally. Yes. As, and, a, as an entity, it's not that much. And here's the overarching theme. Overcomplication. Overcomplication of not only the setup, but the execution, the workflow, all of that. So like, how do you know how to not overcomplicate it? What's important and what's not? Experience. That's what we're hoping to impart. Yes. Impart. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Love it. Products we are trying now. What are we trying out in F9? How are we moving ahead? So we are always trying to improve at F9. So we're just, um, we're trying some products and we're just going to give you some feedbacks of products. I don't think any of these are sponsors, so it doesn't doesn't matter e- either way. Um, if we're product, doing products that are sponsors, we, we'd let you know. But this is just a, a segment about what we're trying. So first one is monograph.io. Did you get my email? I did. Are you going to do what I asked? I am This weekend, <laughs> I'm going to watch the 19-minute introductory video. Yes. And then and then I have to download the software. Here's the thing, though. Because it's working on an iPad? Because I'm just iPad. It's the internet. It works on the oh, internet. Oh, it's, it's cloud. Okay, then yes, I'm going to do it. But awesome. not till this weekend. So I've had everyone. Everyone's going to try it. And we're going to give it a two weeks to four weeks trial. And my so we have a, a timing system. But what everyone's asking at our firm is, Hey, how do we know how much time we actually have? How do we know what metrics to go to? How do we know if we're completing this on time? And the answer is, hey, you could go into the contracts. You could do all the math, blah, blah, blah. Figure it out. Keep a timesheet. Go ask who else worked on the project. Put it all together, and then you could figure it out. So guess what? That's not happening, <laughs> right? So what this does is this allows... That's why I ask everyone to do it is... is Lance can start up an, a new project. He could, he could only have the CD phase left. And he goes, it's going to be him, Grash, and someone else on it. He could assign those people their roles, and then they could put their time in. And then all of a sudden, it, and then you can put a time frame on it, how long it's going to take. So then you know if you're getting close, because not only is there on the graph, it's how much time you have, there's a little money bar. About how much you put in. Nice, right? It's all graphics. The graphics are beautiful because it was designed by architects for architects. Yep. And and this is what we don't know because like they have to put in their hours. So this is why we're having everyone kind of do it. And what it reminds me of is Revit. I think there's going to be pushback, right? There's pushback in Revit because you have to because you have to do it right from the beginning. Yep. And, and in Revit, you're not playing. You have to grab an actual wall, an actual mm. floor. Right, you're not playing around. There's no lying, yeah. Yep. So like when you made it in SketchUp, like oh, you made that roof too skinny. Not that you couldn't like figure it out, but like the real world comes at you quicker. So I think the pushback from this is going to be when you set up a project. It actually prompts you, and you go through and like you got to set up a project. So you actually have to do the work. You're like shit. But guess what? Just like Revit, once you get into it, you're like why? Why would I design a building not like it's going to get constructed? Yeah. That seems very stupid. It seems dumb. So maybe after the hard period, you'd be like, why would I not set up a project and know how much money is left and know what the time is? Because you can, Lance, you could do a project that is not going to start for a while, right? And let's say it's going to start in two weeks and you assign it and you just put in time frames for it. And if you move it, it automatically adjusts, right? And then let's say in another week, you get another project and you put that in. And all of a sudden you see that, you can hit like 
let's say Alex Grespies, we're talking about him the whole time. You could see what projects he's assigned to. And then you could see like, oh, in two weeks, all of his projects are going to die. Oh, great. I'll assign. That seems like something you want to know. <laughs> yeah. So that's one. Two. Man, I feel like this is the Al podcast. It is. Yeah. That's what we're going to call it. I'm writing it down. <laughs> the, Keep going. The Al. Al explains everything. Yeah. Can you call I love it, it that? Yeah, exactly. Keep going. Second, um, Bim Smith. So like this one project that I was talking to you about before the podcast about the, the walls. Yeah. I got a wall from Bim Smith just because I wanted to get a wall from Bim Smith. And what was great is like I hit download and it downloaded the manufacturer data. And what was cool is like there's sound transmission coefficients. And that's what like I'm worried about with, with this one because the one hour rating is, is what I need. I looked in the information that they give me, which is hilarious because BIM stands for Building Information Modeling. <laughs> and it had uh, everything about like these studs and these walls. And then it had options is, oh, what if you have one drywall? What does that do to the STC? And then you could see it go up. Wow. It, it had a graph. What if you used um, uh, different gauge steels? What does that do? So I'm like, holy cow. Whatever the contractor asked me, if he's like, oh, that steel's too thick. We're using a different one. I can see, are we above 50? Like, it's right there. I didn't have to go find it. Like, I'm actually really excited about that. <laughs> that's awesome. So that's cool. What is a veil? Uh, can you put it in your browser? Yeah. And then... If it'll let me... Yep, there it comes. Okay. Al has getavail.com written down. What is this? So this is one we haven't even tried yet. So I honestly want kind of your, your opinion on it. So if you... I wonder if it gives a good... Yeah. Scroll down to about the middle way where it has dual screens. Okay. Okay, yep, I see it. The it dual screens, looking at two screens on my screen. It looks like a way better project browser. I mean, like content, family. Uh, it's more graphic. More graphic. So there's a building on the left screen, and then there's a right on the right screen is all the doors. So it looks like it's like you can, you can sort them graphically. Yep. Just like monograph. But what it shows in the video is... You can do details and you can do sheets. So it's not just families. So it's, we haven't tried it yet, but it's something, it's something to maybe think about, like always improve efficiency. Absolutely. So always can, improve. Yep. So that we can crush. Try people. to try to say cutting edge. I, I yeah. Don't know if you, so maybe that's your weekend too, is just to browse. This. Oh, that's my weekend guys. You have it. You have it here. Al Gore. Giving you. That's what I'm doing. Yep. Whatever he says. <laughs> Whatever this guy says. Oh, we're doing, are we doing? Yeah. Yeah, I'm doing. Are yeah. you switching it around? Good Boom. deal. Good deal. What do we got next now? We're also using Google Docs and Drive just to let people know. As long as oh my God! It's, you know, you know what? You know what else? I think fundamentally. So my, my computer my computer took a crap this week. This is Lance, and uh, it. Uh, hopefully, we're gonna get some new ones. Uh, a little teaser. We have a, a big sponsor coming up next. A new one. It's gonna be great. But my 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 laptop took a crap, and it actually did not cripple me. And the reason it didn't cripple me is because we use a lot of Google Docs and we use Dropbox. So I'm, and, and our QuickBooks is online. So I'm able, the only thing that's really hampering is like, well, I'm going to have to borrow, I'm going to have to borrow one of our laptops, just the firm's laptops this weekend to cut the audio for this podcast. And then, um, but I've been, I've been able to do everything from my iPad because we're so much cloud-based. Nice. It's been fantastic. So, yeah. so check those ones out too. Yep. And if you're not using Dropbox, I don't know what you're doing with your life. Get the business account. Yes. My wife, um, I tried to explain this to her too. Like, 
She's like, well, why do why do guys get computers every three years? Because they crap out every three years. She's like, she's like, well, ladies, ladies just um, wait till there's um, well, not crap out, but they they get like bogged down, and you yeah. need to you need to get a new one. You need to get a faster processor. She goes, well, we just we just wait until ours completely dies. She goes, but then it, but then we panic because we don't have anything backed up. I'm like, man, maybe you get Dropbox business. There you go. Yeah, and and you're also in a manager role rather than production. True, It'd be hard if you were True. trying yeah. to do. It would be hard. Real work. It would be hard. Actual work. Speaking of someone that does no real work whatsoever. Who's that? <laughs> Nicholas Menard. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Hello, best friends. I hope you all had a great week this week. A reading. Anything worthwhile takes time to build. We all want success now, but that's not how success works. After all, if we all had immediate success, we wouldn't build the character we need to sustain true success. The struggle, adversity, triumphs, and victories are all part of the building process, and we must embrace all of it. The Carpenter by John Gordon If you guys were ice cream flavors... I would consider Lance to be Butter Pecan and Al, Rocky Road. Alexa, play my favorite song. Toodles! So that was all. I mean, you're vanilla. You're vanilla. You're you're vanilla. You are vanilla, Al. Look at your blonde hair. I I was going to say like uh, chocolate peanut butter. Me? Yeah, you... I'd say pecan. I, I say Nick was spot on. Yeah. The question is, what is Nick? Ooh. What is Nick? Mint chocolate. That, thank you. Thank you. He is <laughs> mint chocolate. He is mint chocolate. I love mint chocolate. <laughs> yeah. So yep. good. Uh, I, I really love that quote because the, I don't know how to, here, here's the closest analogy is, let's say you're building up financial wealth and it, that's your success. If you get it instantly, you might not have the skills to keep it. So like, that's why almost as a fundamental rule, anything you want that's going to be successful, you have to actually acquire the skills through effort to be able to maintain the, re- the reward. Agreed. Agreed. little teaser here. Lance is going to, Lance started writing a book. Yep. I'm not going to give you the title nice. yet, but it has everything to do with this exact sentiment for an entire generation of people we are trying to desperately get to buy into the American way of life, working hard, Protestant work ethic, capitalism, I said it, yep. and um, building those skills and becoming 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 the kind of citizens that I think have helped build this, build this great nation. Well, to go on a side note, that's why the two scariest parts of, of the economy and actually the, the third scariest part have, it goes with the concept of delayed gratification or uh, immediate reward, meaning the housing market you put down a small percentage and then you get a large thing maybe you don't have the skills for that the same thing with uh education you pay a little but then all of a sudden you have to pay back a whole lot and then the third thing is the stock market and that's almost reverse like i'm thinking about it graphically in my head they always say market capitalization that's like but that's at the moment of what that stock is worth and that's assuming all stocks would sell for that price which is not the truth not true so Anyways, um, 
Are we ready for... We have a quorum. We have a quorum today of F9ers such that we can do AR Jeopardy. Are you ready? Let's get it done. All right. Question number one. According, These are all real-world questions that only Jason would know when he's not here, so it's not cheating. right? According to uh, 2018 IBC, an accessible rooftop uh, is classified as... A, assembly, group A. B, utility and miscellaneous, group U. C, the occupancy of the level below. D, business, group B, as long as the load is under 50 people. Okay. C, D, A. A? The answer is C. So who had C? Just one of. So in 2018, they say if you have a, you know, a rooftop accessible, it's whatever is below it. That's what it is. Unless obviously you're doing something something crazy, it can be classified in this. This is what's so crazy is that that makes entire sense, right? Let's say you're doing an R type building. There's only going to be R residents up there. It's a private building. It's going to be type R, right? 2015 doesn't have that. So we're having to fight with the city. They're like, oh, it might be assembly. Well, what does an assembly do? Assembly limits the amount of stories that you can have, increases the occupancies, right? So all of a sudden, like your building would, would break code and you can't have that. And they don't, we don't know. They said that we can't use that. We need some other justification. And what's crazy about that is like, oh, it's not like they made the 2018 code out of scratch. Like they looked at the situation, saw that was going on and then said, you know, hey, this is what it should be. Just, and the townhomes, that's why like our building is IB, IBC, like, oh, those are just R, you know, where it, it's just crazy how it's solved, but it's not solved because they don't want to look into the future slash now slash. Well, Al, in, in 18 months, we're going to die from global warming. So, Ooh, that's going to be hard. That's going to be rough, rough, rough. Okay. I, I have doubled my meat intake because <laughs> I would like it to be 17 months. <laughs> 17 months. Number two. According to IBC 2015, section 510, which condition is necessary to horizontally separate a building for purposes of height and area limitations, right? So this is called podium style construction. A, a fire rating of not less than two hours. B, building, the building below the horizontal assembly must be type 1A construction. C, the occupancy below must be type A, S, M, or B. Or D, the garage must be vented. Dang, this one's deep. Deep. Deep, 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 deep. We've got some answers. Okay. We have A, 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 all A. The answer is uh, B. I knew it. <laughs> so. so got to be concrete. Uh, I'll tell you. It, it, Lance is right. Uh, section 510, there's actually like five things that you have to follow, right? The first one, it has to be three hours, not two hours, right? It has to be uh, type uh, 5A, uh, 1A, um, and then the occupancy below doesn't matter. Uh, garage must be vented doesn't matter. But there's there's a couple other rules too. So like just know if you're ever doing a podium style construction, look there. Because we are trying to separate the building twice so that we could have even if they said uh, type A up on the roof, but everything below would have to be concrete, essentially, which would be way too expensive. Way too expensive. Yeah, so. way too expensive. All right, number three. This is also real world, uh, literally in the, from the field, okay? 
Which of the following are acceptable methods for grounding electrical services into a building? A, grounding rods, B, building steel, C, cold water service, D, U for ground rods, or E, all of the above? Got him with the trickster with that last one. I know, A-R-E'd it, uh, and carved it. Where are we at, boys? Okay, we got D, 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 and E. Jackson is correct. And I, this is so, I learned this this morning, boys, that you can actually use the cold water service that's coming into our building because it's that it's big enough. It's two inches. There's two inch tap. So for commercial buildings, instead of drawing the UFER, we could just say, no, we're just gonna you're just gonna ground to the cold water surface, uh, the cold water services, and then you have to do it. You have to, so you have to do you have to ground once and twice. So so why when they made us put that in didn't they just say like or you could just not do that, the UFER. Because remember, we had to go buy a UFER. We had to buy an adapter thing. We didn't have to buy anything. It's just a piece of rebar. Al, I'm positive. Okay. Yep. I'll show you. Are you talking about the? You're talking about in our commercial building. The yeah. The pipe. That's actually that's actually just conduit for something else or something that he's gonna do. I don't know. Okay. Anthony, Anthony, something else Anthony has going on. Gotcha. I don't know. But anyway, that so just so you know, you can actually ground to the cold water. It's coming in. Pretty amazing. Blew my mind. Blew my mind. What is the minimum length? Number four, what is the minimum length for a UFER grounding rod? A, 20 feet. B, 12 feet. C, 18 feet. D, 6 feet. Think about you're having to make uh, contact, enough contact. What is the minimum amount of contact, basically, you need surface area? Uh, So A, 20 feet. B, 12 feet. C, 18 feet. D, 6 feet. Minimum length for you for grounding. Ooh, good. The the two people at the top have different answers. So it's A B B A B D D. You know, Alan, yeah. I I would say D. Answer's A. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> that was perfect. Who's the winner? A, A Gresh. A. The guy Gresh. we've been talking about this whole podcast. Literally. Yep. We have multiple <laughs> times. Multiple times. He's kicking butt. So, anyways. If, if you enjoyed this so much and you just want to hear more, go to RevitRocketShip.com where not only you will be able to hear us, which will give you pleasure anyways, you will learn Revit at the same time. So check it out, RevitRocketShip.com. Sharing is caring. Share this episode or a different one that you like with a family, friend, colleague, somebody. School is starting soon. Maybe you have uh, maybe you have maybe you know a student that's going to start school. They would be great for them to listen to this here in the studio. Have a great week.